All right, then. Today, my guest is Brandon. He is a podcast host of the podcast Tinfoil Tales. And today, we're going to be talking about a paranormal experience that he had. Uh, welcome to the show, Brandon. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Hey, thanks for having me on here. Hey, no problem. Uh, well, I am a podcaster, like you kind of mentioned. That's just what I've been doing for the last, like, maybe year and a half. Um, I had a weird experience back in 2007, which we can dive into that here in a little bit. But that's kind of what got me into doing the podcast in general. Like, I've always been more of a musician-type person. I did metal vocals and stuff like that, so I had all this recording equipment. And then the band stuff kind of petered out or whatever, so we basically... I had all this recording stuff and I was like, well, I'm going to utilize it. So I started looking into doing like a conspiracy type podcast. And that's where I came up with the name tinfoil tells like obviously like tinfoil hat, whatever. Cause I always had like these, the conspiracies. I wanted to discuss some stuff like that. And I was like, oh, everyone that does stuff with conspiracies or a tinfoil hat person. So that's where I come up with the name and it didn't really pan out that way. The podcast is more or less turned into me interviewing people with experiences. So it ranges from paranormal to weird creatures, to aliens, to conspiracy, to all sorts of different topics. Like it just anything fringe, I guess would be considered part of the podcast. What kind of conspiracies interest you the most? I know me, I'm kind of deep into the whole UFO thing. I'm really fascinated mm -hmm. by that, but what about you? That's one of the things I've always been interested in is like UFOs, UAP, what they call them now, aliens, stuff like that. I think there's been a lot of cover up throughout the years, but even, um, I haven't done any episodes on it, but even like throughout history, like the JFK thing to me, I, I feel like that's something that's more of a deep state. We kind of did it ourselves. There's a lot of things that we do within the country that I think's happened. That's not really wasn't we're told to believe. I think the media controls a lot of that stuff too and pushes the narrative. So I think we're kind of left in the dark about a whole lot of topics. So that's kind of what I wanted to dig into with the podcast. But like I said, it never really panned off that way. There's a few episodes that I've had, but for the most part, it's not really conspiracy. Yeah, I agree with you about that. And as far as I'm concerned with the JFK thing, that's not even conspiracy. That's that's fact. Yeah. something yeah there was definitely a cover-up there he was about to he was about to unleash something that they didn't want out there maybe he was gonna what do you call it disclose about aliens or something one thing i've heard is that maybe he was gonna like disband the cia or something like that but that's, yeah he was definitely killed by the government that's you know yeah. not even up for debate there's a lot of people like him martin luther king that one's pretty deep as well, if mm -hmm. you uh, get into that. But that being said, let's talk about your paranormal experience. Okay. Uh, what exactly happened to you? Now this, I have to say it up front, like, I'm very skeptical. So okay. for me to talk about something like this and come forward with it, for 15 years, I've literally tried to explain it away as something logical and when I started doing my podcast and interviewing people about what they've experienced, I still never talked about what I experienced. 
like that's the reason I wanted to have the podcast because I was like, well, I want to hear about other people's stuff because I feel like I can't talk about my own because there's the stigma of you encounter something strange. You're either a, a liar or B you're crazy or looking for attention. Like it's, there's just no one ever takes it as fact. Like they always try and rationalize it else as there's something wrong with you. So I just never talked about it, but basically this was February of 2007. I used to work at a warehouse and I worked on third shift. So that means I worked from 10 o'clock to six 30 in the morning. And this was our Friday. We went out on a Thursday. So it was our Friday morning. So it was about four 30 in the morning. Our boss said, if we get stuff done, she'll let us leave a little early. We ended up leaving about 4.45 roughly, and we leave. There's only me and a couple other people. We drive down this county road, and I see one of my coworkers. He's in front of me. He's about 1,000 feet in front of me, and I see his car swerve off the road, swerve back on the road, and keep driving. Now, back in 2007, we didn't have these <laughs> We didn't have the smartphones or anything that he'd been scrolling around on social media or something. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? So as I get closer, I see a very large black shape in the middle of the road. It looks like a person wrapped in a blanket or like a big black cloak. And the way they're moving, they're hunched forward. And their body seems to be like, take a step and like almost like they're flailing or flapping or glitching. It's it's hard to explain. And as I got closer to it, I could see that it didn't have a head and it didn't have arms. Mm. It was just two big, thick legs and a big, thick torso. And then it just kind of like, there's no arms, no legs. And it's like, how do you explain this? And it's walking. I had to slam on my brakes and I too had to like swerve a little bit, but I came to a dead stop basically. And this thing walks past my driver's window and I'm trying to look up at it. And I never saw the top of this that walked by my window and I'm pretty sure it bumped into my mirror. Now I'm driving a 98 Ford Explorer. I've looked online. They are 67 inches. I think it says to the top. This thing had to have been over a foot taller than my vehicle leaning forward. Jesus. And, it, and that, again, once it got to the rear end of the vehicle, I could see, like, really, really thick legs. Because my taillights are also illuminating it. And, like, between the legs, I could see the ground. So whatever was walking was solid because it was blocking off everything around it wasn't like translucent or like energy or anything like it It was a solid figure because it was blocking off its surrounding area and once it got behind me i slammed on the gas and my co-worker had pulled in just maybe a quarter mile down the road there's a it's basically the dot parking lot for where they have all their equipment or whatever we pulled into that and he rolls down his window and I pull up next to him. He's like, did you see that? I was like, yeah. He's like, what was it? I was like, I have no idea. He's like, it didn't have an effing head. I was like, I know. <laughs> I, literally, I have no idea what it was like, but I want to go back. 
He's like, are you crazy? Well, 15, 16 years later, yeah, I'm crazy at this point. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want to go back because I want to see where this thing was. So I convinced him to follow me back. So we pulled back out. I was in front. He was behind me. We get back to the same area. Again, it's barely a quarter mile. And in the middle of the road now is a large black animal. It looks like a very big dog. And it's laying across the road like this. So it's not like long ways. It's blocking the road. This thing, when I got up to it, I parked my vehicle maybe 30 or so feet from it. And I got out. As I'm starting to get out, he's yelling at me because he's behind me. Like, what are you doing? I was like, well, it's clearly a dead dog. Like, it looks like a big, black, massive dead dog just laying there. It's not like its back was towards us. So it's like laying with his legs going away from us. So I couldn't see anything besides this big animal. And I start to walk towards it. And as I get about maybe 15 feet from it, the thing's head lifts up and turns back. At this point, its eyes are glowing from the headlights because our headlights are shiny. And it's like a yellowy reflective color. And it growls at me. So, of course, I freeze instantly because, uh-oh, this isn't dead. Yeah. And the first thing I'm thinking of, well, now it's a hurt animal. So I don't do anything. I just, like, freeze. Well, the thing starts to try and stand up. And by stand up, I don't mean normal stand up. It stood up on two legs. And, like, it come up like this, like a, almost like a dog would. And then it stood directly up, and its arms, it had shoulders like a person's, but its front legs were, like, hanging like this. I don't know of any dog or any type of canine that has the shoulders or leg capacity to have its off to the sides down like a human's. Yeah. And when the thing was standing up directly at me, it was maybe just two seconds. It wasn't very long. It just stood up enough and stared directly at me. And it got back down and like almost looked like it was on all fours, but it wasn't. It never did use its front legs. It went down to like a crouch position and then it just kind of went off into this ditch area. Well, where this ditch is, there is a fence, and it's an eight-foot fence that goes all the way around this area because it's a deer preserve. It's still there to this day. Like, the fence is still there, but some of the sections are moved because it's not completely the same thing. But they still have the deer preserve in there. I never saw where it went. It could have, it would have had to have went through the fence, over the fence, or under the fence, but it went over to the side where the fence is, and then it just vanished which again makes zero sense because when this thing stood up, we were eye to eye. So if it was a dog, because everything about it looked like a normal dog, it looked like a typical German shepherd wolf looking canine head. Like it's had its ears on top, had bushier hair and had the face, but the whole body was all covered in fur. So I did, it didn't have like the human features, like a typical werewolf or something that you'd see like in Hollywood. It didn't have hands. It didn't have, like humanoid feet, it literally looked like a normal dog, but I don't know of any type of dog that stands up on two legs like that. So that didn't make any sense to me. So at this point, once it disappears, I start to walk back to my vehicle, and my coworker had gotten out of the vehicle of his, and he walks up to me, 
and we're talking about what just happened because clearly this isn't normal. We just seen something walking in the road. Now we just seen a dog stand up on two legs. So we're trying to figure out like what's going on. And as we're talking, I happen to look down on the ground and there's a field mouse standing between us. We're like right beside each other and right down by my feet and by his foot is a random little field mouse and he's cleaning himself. He's just washing himself. He's all wet. He's got his two front paws and he's just wiping himself. Well, since I've been open about this encounter now, it's got me thinking that everything we've encountered now has been on two legs. The first thing walking, the dog, and now this mouse. Because the mouse was sitting on its butt, but it was using its front paws to wipe itself. Its back legs were still on the ground. Yeah. I nudge this mouse with my foot, and I kind of like push it over just a little bit. He keeps cleaning himself. He doesn't even care that I touched him. I do not know of a wild field mouse that would allow you to touch it and it not be afraid of you. Yeah. And why would a mouse be in the middle of the road? Just cleaning itself. It was all wet yeah. looking too, like something had been messing with it. So at this point, I tell my coworker, I was like, I'm going home. Like there's too much weird stuff going on. I'm going home. He, we turned around. He went his way. I went my way. The next morning I woke up. So it was probably like 11, 12 in the morning, afternoon, whatever. And I drew a picture of this black dog on two legs. Cause the first thing I thought of was werewolf because again, 2007, I didn't know about these cryptids or whatever. I wasn't really anything into this community or anything about it. Like to me, I was like werewolf. And I drew a picture and someone said, well, I got on a forum, I guess it was like unexplained phenomena or just something. I don't know what it was. And they said, Oh, that's a Michigan dog, man. I was like, what's a Michigan dog man? So I started looking into that. I got some information about these weird things. I've seen some pictures and I was like, well, it does seem to look like this dog man thing. I was like, I've never even heard of this before. Well, I went back to work a couple nights later and I brought in the picture I drew and some stuff about the dog man stuff I found on the internet. And I tried to show the coworker who was there. And then one of the other people started laughing and said, oh, you saw a werewolf making fun, poking fun, joking. Well, that makes my coworker that's seen this stuff get mad at me. And uh, he pulls me aside and says, I need to knock it off because he doesn't want people thinking we're crazy. And basically threatens me and says, if I keep talking about it, he's just going to deny it. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's going to tell everyone I'm making it up and that I'm crazy because he doesn't want people thinking he's crazy too. So... I never talked about it because the one person that can also verify everything refuses to acknowledge it, which is weird to me. If you've seen all this crazy stuff, why you wouldn't want to say you saw it? You know, it's, I get this, I get the stigma of it, but at the same time, like if someone else seen it too, you both couldn't be crazy at the same time. That's just too, too random of events to happen that we both see the same exact stuff. And then now you don't want to talk about it because yeah. we weren't in the, we weren't in the same vehicle or anything like that. Like he was in a, his own vehicle. So how would I hallucinate or imagine or the same, see the same things that he did? It doesn't add up. But now that I've been doing the podcast, I've started looking into these things more and I've started finding like, I wouldn't call them synchronicities, but there's a lot of dog man stuff that 
does kind of match up to what happened. But most of the pictures of Dogman or whatever, they have the stereotypical Hollywood look to it. A lot yeah. of them don't a lot of them don't have tails either, but I'm pretty sure this thing had a big bushy tail. Like I said, everything about it seemed like a normal dog, but it was just so much bigger. And people were like, well, it was a bear. I know the difference between a bear and a dog. Yeah. Like like I live in Indiana. We don't have black bear here. But we also, to the best of my knowledge, don't have dogs that stand up and walk on two legs either. Exactly. So, yeah. So I guess I mean, in a small world who uh, just rationalize it, like, sure, I guess it could have been a bear, but it was not a bear. So I don't know what it was. And being a skeptic, I've always tried to write it off as nothing more than just a dog that was playing with a mouse. The mouse was traumatized because his dog was playing with it. And someone must have ran this dog over and broke its front legs. That's why it was walking on two legs, because its front legs were broken. And that's why it stood up on two legs. And that's why when we first seen it, it was making all these weird movements and look funny. You're trying to walk and everything. And that's why I said, that's, this is what happens because to me trying to rationalize everything, this is the only way it makes sense. But if you go back to what I had said originally, all that makes sense until you get to the first thing we saw walking in the road, because it was so much bigger than the dog. Yeah. Like whatever was walking that didn't have a head, didn't have arms. Had to have been over seven feet tall. This dog at the most, I'm six foot three, and it was like eye to eye with me, so it had to have been my height. It wouldn't have been towering over my vehicle. I seen the legs on the dog. They were proportionate to the size of the dog. Whatever was walking on the road had massive, trunky, thick legs and a really thick torso. Now, what was walking, I never saw fur. I didn't see clothing. I didn't see any details to that. It was all just black, solid mass. The dog, I could see the fur on it. And everything else. So I don't know. And then the mouse, again, I, the mouse was the creepiest part to me about the whole thing because I touched it. Like, so I know it was real because I felt it touch it with my shoe. Yeah. So are they all three connected? Are they all three different? Are they all three the same thing? Like, I have no idea. It just, it's one of those uh, experiences that I kind of wish I didn't have, but at the same time, it's made me open. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be talking to you if I didn't have it, you know? So it's, it's put me on the path that I'm on now, but at the same time, it's like for 15 years, I've questioned my own sanity about it because it doesn't make any sense. You know, the first thing, the creature with the no head and the tree trunk legs, mm -hmm. you know what that sounds like to me? Have you ever heard of a, a skinwalker? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. You know, I think that's the description of a skinwalker. These little, uh, well, not little in your case, but like these things that walk around on two legs. You know, every sort of description I've seen of a skinwalker is, I may, oh, let, me, let me look that up. I, I feel like that's. The Fresno Nightcrawlers, I think is what you're thinking of. Yeah. Skin, skinwalkers are typically the a Navajo thing to where they take on the shape of animals or whatever it is that they've skinned and killed. Gotcha. So what was the thing you said? Uh, Nightcrawler? Yeah, Fresno Nightcrawler is what they call it. Let me look that up. Fresno Nightcrawler. It's just two legs and then a body usually. Yeah. But oh, usually... yeah, yeah. That is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. They're usually That's white. Wild, man. Like, yeah. 
this thing was solid black. The Fresno crawlers have all been uh, reported as white. And ironically, though, it was the same year, I think, when the Fresno crawlers first got that video out or whatever. It was, I think, 2007, 2008, and this happened in 2007. So the first reported cases of these Fresno crawlers were from the same year, basically. I've always thought that was strange, too, but I never knew what a Fresno crawler was up until last year when I started doing this podcast. That's wild. You know what I think, man? I think that, you know, we live in a multiverse, right? Mm -hmm. And that sometimes the barriers between these dimensions, like, allows other beings from other dimensions to kind of cross through into ours. And sometimes we see glimpses of them. That's me trying to rationalize it. I know you said you had your theory about a dog in the road with broken arms. Honestly, that kind of seems more implausible than what you actually did see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's wild. And you said how it stays with you, you know? It's crazy how sometimes when we see things that you know, break the laws of reality. It's like we don't really know how to deal with it, you know. And your coworker, you said how he got angry at you. I, I kind of don't blame him. I understand where he's coming from because sometimes, you know, people start looking at you like you're crazy, you know, yeah. when you talk about these things. So I get it. You know, um, I had uh, experience. It's nothing like yours. So since you told yours, let me also tell mine, you know, it's only fair. Mine probably only lasts about three seconds, right? Um, I saw a UFO, right? So I have this job where I deliver hospice equipment. Mm-hmm. And it usually takes me into some pretty rural places in Ohio. And at one time, I was in this place called Peebles, Ohio. That's That's key to this story, right? So Peebles is uh, the site of the Great Serpent Mound. I don't know if you are aware of Mm. that, but it's like this Indian mound. And it's known for having a lot of strange things happen around it. So basically, I'm driving down this little two-lane highway. I'm going about 55 miles per hour. Um, That's key because we have to go to speed limit when we drive. They like get on us about that. And it's like cornfields on either side, right? And up ahead, on the corner of my eye, like in the corner of the windshield, I see this sort of like oval, metallic oval, probably about the size of like maybe a cargo van or so, just rise up out of the cornfield, just slowly just rise out of the cornfield and just hover above the corn. And then I'm still driving towards it. And I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell? And as soon as I like get up on it, it just like, like just speeds off in the opposite direction at an unbelievable amount of speed. And when it happened, it didn't really click in my head that it was a UFO. Like I was like, what the hell was that? And I was thinking to myself, like, what the hell did I just see? Like, what, like, what what was that? And it wasn't until like, I was just like driving and then I trying to come up, like trying to rationalize it like you. And I could not come up with any kind of rational explanation. No. And then I was like, it had to be a UFO. You no. know, it was oval. It was like metallic. 
it was like really shiny. Uh, like imagine like a metallic doorknob, but mm-hmm. like really polished. And this was like in the afternoon. It was like maybe 12 or 1 p.m. And like the sun was like reflecting off of it. And it was just like this oval shaped craft just came up out of the uh, cornfield. And ever since then, that's when I like really started like getting into the UFOs and the paranormal and trying to explain you know, trying to figure out what this is all about, you know? Yeah. But uh, since you've been interviewing people and talking to them about uh, their paranormal experiences, what is some key takeaways that you've learned? Do you think that these uh, experiences are more common than people let on? Or just, just what have you learned from just talking to people about these kind of issues? I think that just from the discussions that I've had with people, I'm more open. My like, I'm more open personally to a lot of more of this stuff and some of the ideas that get floated around. But you mentioned a little bit ago, I think what a lot of these cryptid creatures are, and even these UFOs and aliens. And again, it depends on who you talk to. Cause some people you're being sacrilegious and you're yeah stirring up a hornet's nest by saying things like this, but I think a lot of these things aren't necessarily from our world. And I don't mean that, that they're from outer space or anything like that. I think they're from a different reality. They're from a different Mm -hmm. dimension that bleeds into ours. And this could go back into the paranormal realm as well. People see these shadow figures. They see these black figures walking. What if what we're seeing is actually just someone from the other side and they're like, Oh, they're, they're ghosts or from the other side. Well, what if ghosts are actually not the spirits that we think they are, but they're more or less just people from this other fourth dimension that we don't have the ability to see yeah. into. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but are you looking to reach a dynamic and engaged audience of curious minds? Well, look no further. Bright Brains Podcast is the perfect platform to showcase your business or product. You'll be able to reach a diverse and intelligent audience and engage with listeners passionate about personal development, technology, and more. Elevate your brand through thought-provoking discussions. Don't miss this opportunity to promote your business on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the market. Contact us today to discuss advertising options and elevate your brand to the next level. Contact us at brightbrainspod at gmail.com to secure your advertising spot on Bright Brains today. Again, that's brightbrains with a Z pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Now, back to the podcast. You know, when we hear about ghosts, right, it's always like, oh, so-and-so died back in the 1800s or so-and-so died during some kind of tragic accident and now their spirit still haunts to this day. What if what we're seeing is that person alive in another dimension and it's just somehow their energy sort of just bleeding through into ours, you know? And uh, it makes me wonder you know, you mentioned something about being sacrilegious. I wonder if back in ancient times, our ancestors would see these kinds of things and they had less of an explanation than we did. 
and maybe they kind of built religions off of these kinds of things, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, like you mentioned, like the, the skinwalkers, uh, which are prominent in Native American culture. Also, if you read the Bible, there are depictions of angels that if you really think about it, could be UFOs. So yeah. maybe like in biblical times, uh, somebody saw a UFO, didn't know how to explain it. And somehow what they did try to rationalize ended up being an angel. And then long story short, Christianity came out of that, you know, yeah. which which is something to think about. And I say this myself as a Christian, you know, so I don't want anybody to think I'm being sacrilegious, but it is something to think about, you know. Out of all the things that you've, stories that you've heard, which one has stayed with you the most? To be honest, like, I've had some really interesting discussions and topics and stuff that we've delved into. Mm-hmm. The one thing that actually, and I just had an interview earlier with someone else for my own show, but it was about a year ago, I interviewed someone and... Are you familiar, ever heard of the red grid mark phenomena? No, never heard of it. It's these little red intricate like markings on their skin. They almost look like little sunburns or they look like they're patterns or geographical or like geographical, whatever the term is, patterns. They're intricate and no one knows where they're coming from. And... I had this interview about a year ago with one of the guys that made this like Facebook group for experiencers, whatever. And there's like a 73 page survey from like a hundred and something people that have all experienced it. There's like almost 30 pages on the Mayo Clinic website, people asking about this. Like there is so much, this is happening to a lot of people. They wake up and they have these random marks on themselves like you can find photos if you just google it or whatever and no one seems to know what it is no one's looking into it and this has been going on for years i actually had someone email me back in the summer they said they were experiencing it between 1972 to 1978 and they think that it's somehow related with i guess aliens because there's no rhyme or reason like people that experience it typically will have they say they have like these weird dreams, but it doesn't burn. It doesn't itch. It's not a rash. Dermatologists don't know what it is. Like they went to doctors and they have no idea what it is. Now the guy I interviewed today, I asked if they, he knows what layer of the skin it is. And he said, he's not sure if they've ever determined like exactly what layer this is, but obviously I have tattoos. So I'm thinking I've seen people get tattoos removed. And they use a laser for that. You feel that. Obviously, it gets burnt and you see the flesh burn. These things, you don't feel it. And there's not like any type of a wound. It's literally just these red patterns on their skin. And there's really no rhyme or reason of how they're coming about. And some of these patterns are actually really, really intricate. Now, if someone were to go and sit on a bench and like they had these like random little grids on it or whatever you sit on and you press on it, obviously, you're going to get that marking. So some of these could be wrote off as that. But they're in spots to where there shouldn't be any, like, there's a picture of little kids. They have it up here in their head, and like, under their hair. How would a kid get that on the top of their head? Yeah. And then, like, some of them have them under their chin. They've got them on their arm. A lot of them usually are 
around the back, around your shoulder area. So it doesn't really add up that people are leaning against something and they have these patterns on their flesh for the next several days, and then they just go away. So that's one of the topics that I've been trying to bring more attention to because for some reason I've never experienced it that I'm aware of. And I think a lot of people experience it probably and they aren't aware of it because if it's on my back, how am I going to see it? Unless I'm, or if it's in my hair, I'm not, not going to see something in the back of my head. Like, so yeah. it makes me wonder how many other people experience it. But the guy I interviewed today, he's been using, um, like geography and everything to like these patterns or whatever. And they make like uh he's doing like the circles and everything, trying to graph everything. And he's come up with some really interesting findings when it comes into that. So my plan is to keep digging into that to try and expose a little bit more to the phenomena because this of all the episodes I've done, I have the most questions from people about this phenomena. And it's the one thing that I again I can't really explain because I have no idea where it's coming from, how it happens or why it happens, why certain people getting it, why certain people not getting it. Like there's a lot of information out there, but for whatever reason, no one's really studying it. So it seems strange. Yeah. You know, it, it really is interesting. I think, you know, when they say nobody's studying it, I think that they are studying it, but they're just not telling us. Yeah. You know, I think it's somebody out there like in the government that keeps track of this kind of thing. You know, they just don't let us know. I think all of this stuff is uh, being kept track of by the government. But, you know, they don't let us in on it for various different reasons. But that is uh, creepy to think that, you know, maybe when you were asleep, some aliens came into your house and experimented on you and you have no uh, recollection of it. I, w I would be curious if some of these people went and uh, got hypnosis to try and recover. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the Betty and Barney Hill yeah. uh, story. You know, they went and saw hypnosis, and that's when they recovered uh, what happened to them. So to anybody listening right now, I would say go see a hypnosis, like a, a certified hypnosis. I, I actually don't know how you would find one of those. You know, well, because the guy I talked to today, he's actually he's working on his PhD, mm. but he is a hypnos he does hypnosis too. And I've recently just interviewed a lady who's also a hypnotist, and again, she thinks she has experiences with ETs as well. And I use the term ET, but I don't mean necessarily that they're aliens from space. They could again be like I said before, interdimensional beings, and. Yeah. From what I talked with him about, too, they don't call them extraterrestrials anymore either. They're non-human intelligence. That's the scientific term that's being thrown around these days. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm curious, like, uh, what do you think they want with us? Do you think that they have, uh, they mean us harm? Or do you think uh, they're benevolent? Or I don't know to the sense of, I look at humans, and if they're anything like us, we can't even get along with our own species and everything we do to other species too. Like what if they see us no more than ants? Like, yeah. I don't think about the bugs I'm walking on as I walk through my backyard. Yeah. So 
it depends on their intelligence and how they view us, I guess. And it's hard for me to rationalize something that if they have that kind of mentality, look what we do to animals, look what we do to each other. Like, why should they care about us when we don't care about what we do to other animals or our own people? Mm-hmm. That's what I think. You know, if you look at like animal researchers, you know, like let's say there's some scientists in the jungle studying monkeys, you know, they might catch a monkey in a net, you know, put it under anesthesia and then like put like a, a tracker or something in it. And they might take like blood samples or DNA samples and then like uh, send it back out into the wild. I think that's probably what they're doing to us. They probably came yeah. and they said, oh, what are these fascinating little creatures? Let's study them and find out what's going on. And That's what I've said, too, when people have implants maybe what they're doing is the same thing that we would do to other animals. Like I know I watch shark week during the summer sometimes and they're always putting these trackers on sharks, trying to monitor what they're doing and everything. I was like, maybe what they're doing when people get these supposed implants in them and stuff, maybe what they're doing is the same thing we do right now. We just don't understand it. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the gist of it. Like I said, I think the government knows and I think that they intentionally keep this from us. And a lot of people think, have this idea like they want disclosure but sometimes i wonder maybe it's not in the best interest to disclose maybe the reality of what's going on is something that a lot of people just can't comprehend you know Mm -hmm. do you think that like the government should disclose what's going on do you think that people would be able to comprehend and be able to accept that there's a higher intelligence out there that sees us as some kind of lesser being i feel like we could accept it but then i also go back to some of the things we've touched base on just a few minutes ago people are so set in their ways that you bring in something else we can't get along with each other why are we now going to be like oh these higher intelligent beings are coming out here doing this stuff to us without our permission we have to do something about it. You see, like, I feel like it's going to start more people's anxiety to want to fight back. They don't want to be abducted. They don't want to be like, so I think that's part of the reason why they don't say it, but I also have a other inkling that if we go that route and we find out that these things are out there, it kind of starts to discredit some of the religious texts, not just Christianity, but like a lot of the old religions and stuff like, does that mean that the gods that they're talking about were actually the ancient alien, the ancient astronaut thing? Like, yeah. And then you're uprooting how many people from the religious aspects and you're changing their opinions on that and trying to, are they going to believe that? Are they going to fight back because they're going to dig deeper into their own religion and say, no, this does, this isn't real as work of the devil or whatever it is. Like, exactly. There's a lot of reasons I think of why they honestly won't fully disclose anything. Another reason why they probably won't disclose is that we're powerless to stop it, you know? I mean, these beings probably have a level of technology that uh, we can't even begin to comprehend, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if they were to tell people that, hey, there are aliens coming to kidnap you and there's nothing you can do about it, that would cause panic. I think that what the government does is that they just keep a wrap on it and they just try and research this stuff and try to reverse engineer it 
And then maybe one day in the far future, we'll be able to, you know, fight back. But I also, the reverse engineering also makes me think that's another reason why they don't want to talk about it because there's a lot of financial gain when it comes to that technology. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to, that's the conspiracy person in me. Um, if you want to find the truth, you just follow the money. Yeah. Wherever, wherever the money leads you to, that's where you're usually, you're going to find your answers and you're not going to get very many answers if it's got money involvement in there. So exactly. I think, uh, you know, right now in the world, it seems like there's a war going on everywhere. You know, there's war in the middle East war in Russia, there's war in Africa. It seems like the world war three is about to begin. And, you know, when world war one and world war two, there were, massive uh technological advancements like i think mm. world war one uh introduced poison gas and i could be wrong but i think machine guns came during world war one as well and then of course world war two the big thing is the hydrogen bomb yeah i think if world war three comes along they're going to there's going to be all sorts of crazy weapons you know and i think that Recently, there's been all this sort of like uh, talk about aliens and things like that. You know, people have gone to Congress and testified about, you know, these programs, these reverse engineering programs. And I think that maybe this is kind of like to get us ready. Like if World War Three happens and, you know, the Air Force starts using tractor beams and the Marines start shooting like laser weapons or something, <laughs> It's, we'll, we'll just be accepting of it, you know? Yeah. We'll be like, oh, yeah, we reverse engineered that from aliens. It's no big deal. But <laughs> that, that's what I think is going on, man. That being said, let me ask this one last question. If you could give some advice to somebody who has paranormal experience and they aren't sure what to do next, what advice would you give them? I would honestly say don't keep it to yourself just because from what I've experienced myself talking about it, obviously you can't go up to any certain person and just be like, Hey, I, I experienced this. Cause they're most likely going to look at you like, are you crazy? And I would reach out to someone that at least understands like, and I've said this on someone else's stuff too. Like, I wouldn't tell anyone just, oh, reach out to me. I understand. But I think people like myself who's actually had an experience uh -huh. is easier to talk to rather than your buddy who's never had an experience exactly. because they, they can't really relate to that. Like they're like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I feel you. You really don't feel it because it's like someone who suffers from PTSD like, I've never been to war. I don't know what it's like to have that. So I can't say to someone that comes back and they're suffering, like, oh, man, I know how I know what you're going through. You don't because you've never experienced it. And I use that towards this because my I've said what happened to me was not traumatic. It didn't impact my life. And now that I've said that, I look back at like I'm doing a freaking podcast interviewing people <laughs> about this type of stuff. So clearly it did have an impact. I just didn't think it did but it did it changed my whole perspective on things and it's put me down this pathway to start looking into this type of stuff otherwise i'd have just been like eh, that's that's not real because that's that's the mindset i even i still try to keep that mindset about stuff even when i interview people 
I tell people like I'm a skeptic for the most part. I want to believe, but I keep a bit of skepticism in there because not everyone is honest. And that's the bad part about doing stuff like this, because you're always going to find a few people that are just doing it for the attention or thinking they're being funny or whatever, telling you a line of crap. Now, a lot of people, I think they're 100% being honest. That doesn't mean that I believe what they're telling me, if that makes any sense. like No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, It's, it's true to them, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean what they're saying is actually true. Yeah, There could be underlying things that happen, like, and I'm just going to make something up here, like, say someone was abducted when they were a kid and whatever, they have this traumatic memory of these aliens and stuff. Who's to say that they weren't really Uncle Creepy came in and, you know. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, they're saying aliens come and did this to them, but maybe it was someone in the family or a friend or something and their mind processes it differently. Like, so they can't fathom someone doing this, so they've made up in their mind to block it out by saying aliens or monsters or something came in here and did this. So they believe it's 100% aliens or 100% Bigfoot or whatever it was because that's your brain's way of coping with it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's what really happened. And I'm not saying that's what I'm for every single person out there, but I think there is that possibility that needs to be considered as well. Yeah, I, 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 I know exactly what you mean. Like, for example, the story that you just told, if you had just said it was just you that saw it and not your coworker, I probably would have thought, well, you know, it was three, in the, it was four in the morning. He was probably sleepy. And, you know, when you're sleepy, you kind of doze in and out. And maybe he kind of like dreamt something, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he kind of fell asleep at the wheel. But based on the details that you gave and also the fact that you said another coworker saw it, you know, it, it leads me to believe that, yeah, you definitely had something, you know, crazy happen. And, who knows, maybe one day we'll get some answers to this, you know, or maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I, I still live in the same area. I'm only a couple miles from that spot. I drive down that road all the time, and I have not yeah. seen anything strange ever again. I never seen yeah. anything strange beforehand or after, so I always been starting to say this now. I was like, everyone wishes to get off early, especially on Friday. They just want to get out of work, get out of work. I was like, this is the one time I got off work early that I kind of wish I never got off work early because, (laughs) but yeah, like I said, it's not that I dislike what I do. I enjoy doing the podcast and I enjoy talking with people, Uh but at the same time, it's like, if I wouldn't have had that experience, what would I be doing? Exactly. Yeah. So and have you had a lot of success with the podcast? It's getting up there. Um, I don't really, I don't like to talk too much about it, like in the sense of success or whatever, because then people think you're bragging or whatever. But it, it, it it's doing decent. I'll just leave it at that. That's awesome. Well, like, hey, you had this crazy experience and you took it and you made something positive out of it. And mm-hmm. I think that's, the best you can do with any kind of crazy experience, try and find the positive, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think that's what so you're I, to say. I said, I made this podcast strictly to 
give a platform for people like myself that's had experiences and they felt like there's no one they could talk to about it. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is therapeutic for myself and hopefully therapeutic for whoever wants to come on and talk with me. And like I said before, it ranges from aliens to Bigfoot to dogmen to whatever other little weird creatures they've seen to ghosts to hauntings to being in cults. I've had a couple of those as well. And yeah. uh, just whatever they want to talk about, I like I said, I'm just here for a platform. I don't say a whole lot. I just let them tell their experiences and their stories and go from there. I don't try and judge people. I don't try and prove or disprove anything. Like if someone wants to come on there and feed me a line of crap, I guess that's their prerogative. It doesn't really do anything for me or them, but. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say about cult. I actually interviewed a guy who was raised in a cult. He was in a cult called the Family International. And it was pretty interesting talking to him and just getting his perspective on things. And also, you know, how he feels that there is a lot of cult-like behavior currently in our society with this whole, like, you know, liberal versus conservative and things like that. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. And I, you know, definitely There's... think people... There's cult-like vibes with podcasts right now. Oh, yeah? How so? Without a starting a flame war against myself, there's certain people within the communities that I kind of dive into. And they have really, really great fans and very supportive fans. And sometimes I say I wish my fan base was as, as supportive or whatever, but they have so much inner turmoil and drama and arguing and inner fighting they literally aren't doing the research about what they're doing anymore. It's became, oh, we can't, this group's talking something completely different. We don't agree with that. We got to go attack them. So they have their fan base go over there to attack on their social medias, on their YouTube channels or whatever, where they air their stuff. They're giving them bad reviews. It's just a lot of immaturity. And a lot of these podcasters do it because it draws money. Exactly. Now, I actually went through recently and was doing like someone was doing live streaming and I don't partake in the drama. I don't follow into the communities or anything like that. I try and stay out of it. I just do my own thing, keep my head down. People were donating during the live chats. They were doing like they're doing an episode, live stream episode. People were giving like 50 bucks here, 20 bucks here. I was like, it's almost like, church like they're listening yeah, to this person telling things and here's their offerings are given up to church and they're here's their followers and their followers and talking about their followers what does that sound like it's got a very religiously cult vibe to it like don't listen to anyone else i'm the i'm the truth i'm the one giving you the answers you don't listen to these other people i'm the only one out there that knows everything and they're giving them their money i was like it's almost like they've made a religion on a YouTube channel. <laughs> That's deep. That's deep. I never thought of it like that. But, you know, what's interesting is I never liked how they call the people influencers. You call the people who, you call them the people who follow the influencer followers, you know? Yeah. It's almost kind of like Christ and his mm -hmm. disciples. I never yeah. liked the term influencer and follower. I remember um, around like 2020 uh, 20 during that uh, lead up to that election, 
I start, decided to check out Alex Jones. This is before he got demonetized and deplatformed into oblivion. But I had never listened to him before. This is the only time I listened. And it was just like people were calling up and like talking about him like, oh, Alex, you're the guy that's going to save us. We we need you. And like there was women like calling up in tears. There were like men who were just calling up and like acting like he was like their last hope. And I'm just like, this is wild, man. You know, I'm not really sure what to make of this. Yeah. It definitely is. And uh, the future of this social media influencer kind of thing, it's going to go to some wild places, you know. And the reason I say that is because with the economy and the jobs disappearing and AI, a lot more people are going to, you know, go online to try and make a living. And it's going to be wild. But, um, yeah, that's all I got to (laughs) say. I don't do the live streams or anything and where people donate. I've actually thought about it, but not, I didn't even know that people could donate money to the stuff until like a couple of days ago when I was like, just, I was watching one and yeah. one of the podcasts that I actually do enjoy. And I kind of, I've chit chatted back and forth with a couple of the people from it. I was watching that and people were donating money to that one too. I was like, how do people donate money? Like, I recently just decided to monetize the podcast because I they've increased my fees, like my monthly fees and everything else. So I was like, if I can break even where I'm not continuing to spend out of pocket because I have to pay for the platform hosting, I have to pay for some of the stuff I use for editing and everything else and the time and stuff I do into it. I've been so against monetizing because it's not what I want it to be about. Like I didn't do this to make money. So my point was, I've been on the fence about it for a while, and finally I was just like, you know what, if I can break even, and if I do end up making a little money, I'm going to put it right back into the podcast or whatever. I'm not going to just pocket up. I have a good job. I don't need the money for whatever. So it's like, this is just, I do it for myself. That's why it's my hobby or whatever. And I used to, I've said before, I've been in bands and stuff, so since I'm not doing band stuff, like that was always my hobby, so now I'm doing podcasting, so I'm used to if anyone listening has ever been in a band, you know it's a money pit. You don't make money when you play music. Not the <laughs> not the type of music that I played, at least. But so that was my thing. And I'm like, all these people are donating like $20 here, $5 there, and someone donated $50. I was like, who has that type of money to donate to a podcast? Exactly. Like, it's weird to me. And I'm not saying if people start donating money towards my podcast, I'm going to be like, thanks, but why? Like, I'm not asking for it, but it's like, you want to help? I I appreciate it. You know what also is weird is the women on Twitch, you know, like Mm -hmm. you you literally have guys who will give their whole paycheck to these girls. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, wow. You know, like there's one Twitch streamer, I forget her name. It's like, Amaroff or something like that. I mean, no. she's got millions, you know. It's like wow, like millions, and she's just like playing video games. Yeah, you know. I don't understand the Twitch mentality like that. Yeah, I don't uh, either. Maybe I'm I'm about to turn forty, so I'm, maybe I'm too old. But I don't like watching people play video games. I rather just play them myself. Yeah, same here. 
I remember the there was a South Park episode years ago where uh, they were talking about they were watching someone else play video games. They didn't want to play the game. They'd rather watch it on YouTube. I was like, well, I didn't understand that. I was like, that's kind of dumb. And then now that I have kids and everything, it's like, now that episode makes sense. They would rather watch videos on YouTube of someone playing a video game than actually playing the video game. Here's my theory about that. So I'm 30 and like, I'm like you, I'll rather play the games. So my theory is this, right? Generation Z, right? They, when they were kids, they would watch their parents play mm-hmm. video games when they were like young and toddler age, they'd probably sit on their father's lap while he's playing call of duty or something. And they will fall asleep to that, you know? And so it's yeah. probably like a, something comforting to them. And I, I think they kind of have this, like, that they, they grew up with it. They grew up watching games. You know, I remember as a kid, I would, like, fight my cousins for the game controller because I was tired of watching. But, mm-hmm. you know, Generation Z is different. But, yeah. hey, man, this has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed this, man. I wish you a lot of success with your podcast. I listened to a couple episodes. Really great. I like what you're doing. And uh, keep up the good work, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. Hey, no problem, man. Take care. Yep, you too. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for another enlightening conversation here on Bright Brains. I hope you've gained valuable insights and inspiration to fuel your own bright ideas. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or however else you listen to this podcast. Also, we can be found on all major social media. Just type in Bright Brains with a Z. And remember, the brightest minds are those that never stop seeking knowledge.